we hack in real estate. I'm super excited to share this audio with you. And I really, really hope that you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? This is Jose with the Hacking Real Estate and Entrepreneurship. I'm super excited today because we have Jaime Mejia. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jose. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. It's a, it's a pleasure having you today. I'm very excited about um, this video call. Um, how about we start with a little introduction? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you come from. Of course. So my name is Jaime Mejia. I'm 33 years old. I was born here in Miami back in 1985 and moved around a lot. Was in Miami, Little Havana. And what, what month? Sorry to interrupt. What month uh, were you born? August. You August. August. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, the, Leo, I, I, the Leo's out there. <laughs> I, I was born in 1985 as well, but in October. So we're uh, very close to each other. Okay. Um, awesome. Nice. All right. So, good. Um, yeah, so eventually we moved down to Homestead, Florida City area. And in 2003 is when I graduated high school. Uh, from there, after I graduated, I joined the Marine Corps. I served eight years. Oh, wow. After that, I coached basketball, like for travel teams in high school, at Gulliver Prep. And from there, I opened, in 2015, I opened my own barbershop. Okay. And two years later, became a real estate agent. So we're here now. Awesome, man. Nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So you are you still managing the barber shop? Yeah. So I myself don't know how to cut hair. I <laughs> I used to go always to a barber shop every week to get my haircut. You see, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I always have a haircut. Nice. And I live by the zoo now, by Country Walk area. Okay. And around 2010 is when I bought my home. And I noticed, I was like, you know, there, there weren't really any really good barbershops. So I was like, eventually, I'm, I'm open a barbershop. I'm going to do a barbershop. What's the name of your, of your barbershop? The barbershop is called Prestige Cuts. Prestige Cuts. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll so say right, sometime. <laughs> yes. It's right by the zoo. Um, okay. 152nd. And 122nd, there's a Home Depot, a Chevy dealership is right, right, right there. But um, yeah, so the idea came about that. It's like, you know what? I want to open a like good barbershop, some good barbers. And usually you'll find good barbers when you rent the chairs. So what I do is I, I rent the chairs. So I got about like 11 stations there. Um, currently I have 10 barbers and yep, that's, that's the business. Nice, man. So what about that transition? Um, uh, like, give me a little, a little more story. Like, how did that happen? You know, like you, you, you got into the barbershop business, and then you decided yeah. to become a realtor. Of course. So currently, I, I'm still the owner of the barbershop. How did I come about? It to me, it was kind of simple. What happened is that in the beginning, like any business, you have to start up and and grow it. Uh, after like two years, I felt like the business was stable. It was running on its own. I usually go there, you know, meet the clients, like the clients are there just talking to the clients. And, but for the most part, I have a manager that takes care of everything and a great group of barbers are great. So I was like, okay, what's next? I think that's what, one thing that a lot of people lack in uh, when they build, they, they don't ask themselves, okay, what's, what's next? And I enjoy like building things. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that I had enough time, cause that's one thing you can purchase in life, is, which is time. I agree. Um, 
I said to myself, like, I need to do something with my time. It's great. Yes, you have to be there in your barbershop, but um, I need to do something more with this time. So the real estate business always intrigued me um, for two reasons. One, because my bad experience I had as a realtor, as a, <laughs> when I purchased my first home. Oh, my God. Um, I just wanted to make sure that no one goes to that. I was like, this can't be that difficult. Um, I had a bad experience. And two was because I always wanted to, to invest. So what better way to invest than actually knowing the business and becoming a real estate agent? So yeah. it was literally uh, one day to the next. I said, you know what? What's next? I thought about the real estate that same day, which it was like, it was like four or five days before my birthday. It was like August, I think August 1st or July 31st, one of those. And that same day I went, signed up on Gold Coast, and I was practically right in the, in the class in a couple of days. I did the class, I did the one week course, uh, studied for two weeks and took the state exam. But it was the reason why behind it, it was just what's, what's next. Right. You wanted to uh, try a new business, you know, keep growing. Um, but you also mentioned the, the bad experience. And I think that, that, that that's very important. That I, I like to hear that story because a lot of people go through that and for many reasons, you know, for multiple reasons. Um, but I like to get into that. Of course. So what happened? So it took almost a whole year to, to find my home. Okay. I, yeah, I told, of course, in the beginning, you're scared with the real estate agent because you don't know if if you have to pay them. I didn't I didn't know that. So sometimes you shy away from that. But, uh, you know, they recommend me someone and I told them what I was looking for. And it was in a homestead area. That's where I was looking. And and he started sending me properties. And it was nothing from what I wanted. All of them were over my price range. And. Second, most of them weren't what I wanted. Excellent. So even they were over, because usually I, I get it now because I see what you know exactly what you want. Sometimes they're typically over. But what I was asking for, it was within the price range because I kept sending properties to him. And, you know, some of them were not available or whatnot. But this was during the 2010 period as well, too, which at, at that time, I didn't know we were going through that whole like recession thing. And luckily, I mean, which I know now. So I bought at a good time. But um after a whole year of searching, I actually didn't even buy in Homestead. I ended up buying by the Country Walk area because I started looking. I was like, hey, I could almost with the same price I was looking, I could have moved up north, which I was telling him as well that, hey, if there's something else further north, then by all means, go ahead and show me. So I literally took that month where I just started searching the property on my own. And within a month, I found my own property, the property I wanted. And, you know, um, the bad side of that, of course, I went straight to the, like the listing agent or straight there because I was already tired of this guy. But the thing was, um, yeah, it's just not a good experience on showing me properties. And then the problem was when I did buy the property, my actual property, that guy was, <laughs> it wasn't really good as well. Um, it was a short sell, but the whole process, I just didn't know. I ended up buying a home with an actual person that was living in there, the squatter. He's like, yeah, the person's going to leave as soon as you finish so I signed and the person was there. I had to wait almost a whole month. And then after I got the keys, he was like, oh, yeah, well, lucky they're leaving because if not, you would have to evict them. I was like, I, I thought oh, you they were going to be gone. Like, it was just a, a whole mess. 
uh, you know, legal terms that I know now. And I'm like, back then you didn't know. It's a bunch of new things. And the transaction has a ton of turns and a ton of things that happen that, yeah, you can expect as a new buyer, you cannot be expected to know those things. Of course, everyone thinks it's easy. And at the end of the day, it's not easy. You do need a professional to, to help you during the most yeah. expensive uh, purchase in your life and throughout the transaction. And to me, I was like, especially, you know, serving. And that's one thing I love to do is uh, mostly, you know, with everyone, I help out um, everyone, but with veterans, most importantly, like you want to make sure after what they go through, like, you know, to make that transaction smoothly as possible. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, all right. So now what's happening now? So you're uh, working as a realtor. You're also a business owner. Um, let's get a little bit into managing both because, you know, I, I know what you mean and I know I understand, you know, why you do it. Because I also do it myself, you know, I'm a realtor, I'm a real estate, real estate investor. I, I also started from, you know, from the ground up. I had to do a part-time job on the side to be able to sustain myself while I was, while I was doing these others, other business ventures. Um, that side job was actually a bartender. So, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes people is like, well, why were you doing that? Why are you doing that while you're a realtor? Well, there, there are multiple reasons why. Um, one of them is because, you know, at the beginning, you need to keep you need to be able to sustain yourself. And then at the same time, as you grow, you need cash flow. And that cash flow also helps, you know, uh, feed the business. Otherwise, you cap or you get to a certain level. So, so anyways, um, going back to you, so how are you managing that? You know, being a realtor and business owner, time, like how, um, how are you dealing with all those uh, things? Yeah, so as far as managing with time, Luckily enough, um, like I said, I had a great group of uh, barbers in there and the manager is great. So I don't have to invest as much time in the barbershop. I still go once a week. The time I go in is when I collect the rent money. I do my deposit. So within a day, I do all my barbershop work. So as far as time, luckily enough, the barbershop is great running itself. So I have practically a whole time, you know, my whole week to work in the real estate business. What you mentioned as far as having cash flow, that's really important when you jump into the next business. Uh, when I first started the barbershop, I had enough money to open the barbershop and sustain it for at least six months. I, I think a lot of people fail at that where they start something, but they forget you're not going to make money in the beginning for a while. In yeah, any so same thing with real estate. Some people just jump in head first and they don't have money to, to back them up. And what they don't know is that as soon it takes, it's going to take a while to, to get your first deal. But I, you know, once you get that first deal, it's just going to keep rolling and rolling. It's just the beginning. That's the hardest part. Um, so with me, I knew that um, a business plan. So I started my business plan on how, the money I make from my barbershop, putting into the real estate and how it's going to work. So that's what helped me out a lot. I'm very analytical and like to have things written down on paper and then actually execute. So that's how and how I've been able to manage my time. So really for the barbershop, I go once a week when I get my haircut, pay, pay all the bills. And the rest of the time, it's just like me working in real estate full time. Yeah. So when, when talking about real estate now, um, uh, how long again have you been um, active as a realtor? 
So active as a real estate agent, actually last year was my first year as a real estate oh. agent. I got my license in 2017 in the end, uh, but then we had Hurricane Irma. So that was when I would start looking for like the brokerages and I narrowed it down to like my top three. So in the end of the year, like November is when I ended up joining Lux Properties. And throughout my first couple months, what I did is start learning as much as I can. So my technically my first year was last year, 2018. So I'm nice. new in business. Nice, man. So um, how is that going? Because um, let's, let's go, let's step a little bit into like the marketing yourself, because I saw that you were also doing a blog. So, and the blog is about you as a realtor, right? And also um, it's talking about your first year experience. So, and I really like that. I, 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 I actually, I love it because you're going out there and you're saying, hey, I'm a realtor, I'm at the beginning, whatever, but this is what's happening. You know, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm talking to people. And I was really impressed by that and, you know, tons of great job. But let's talk about that. Like what make you, what make you uh, get into that? Okay, so first year um, as a real estate agent, uh, to me, it, it was fun, exciting, challenging, but in the end of the day, rewarding. Yeah. Um, usually when people dive into this, you, you think you're going to make the money immediately. Like, oh, you see, you see the shows, you see it's super easy. And then you get into business and you're like, this is not easy at all. Right. Luckily for me, I had uh, my first year was great. It was really good. But I guess everyone could determine what great could be or successful. But I had a goal of making at least my goal was 18 million in sales. I know you got to shoot high. That's right? fine. You know, I, high. You know, I reached that goal. No, the goal I was OK with was if I do five million. I didn't That's do five million. That's I, yeah. Five million for a first year realtor rookie. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So that's good. So, that's an amazing job, brother. Yeah. Amazing so that was kind of like the goal. I ended up doing, I ended up doing three and a half, um, closed sales. Okay. Uh, I ended up doing, it was 4 million, 4 million. Cause this year I got two closing. They were just new constructions. Okay. So for me, I still, although I didn't reach my goal for me, it was still great. It was good. I think it's really good in the end of the day. Uh, but everyone has their own level of success. But um, I had a good year. But why I, I put in my time, I put in the work, I continue to follow my business plan. I um, I was patient. A lot of people are, are not patient. They don't, yeah. they don't understand that you have to be able to wait. Um, I learned from a lot of people, had a book with me that I kept around and wrote all the advice people were saying. I asked a lot of questions. I... I I told everyone I might be bothering you, but this is how I'm going to get better. You know, I ask questions. So I asked a lot of questions. Um, but after my first deal, from there, it, it, the ball was just rolling. The, it just took it just took that those couple months to, to get the ball rolling. And from there, you know, it was, it was a good, great experience or a great time for 2018. Um, I know you have some other questions regarding the first year. Yes, uh, because I saw that you started uh, a vlog. Yeah. Okay, yes. So I like to be transparent. At the end of the day, sometimes people, um, it's like a relationship. You get in the beginning, you're not who you are because you're caring about what other, you know, what that significant other thinks of you. No, I like to be who I am from the beginning. You know, so I want to tell people, hey, yes, I'm a new agent. Yes, I'm new. 
but you're gonna get you're gonna get a guy that's gonna work really hard than anyone else. And to me, the vlogging, the reason I got into it was for two things. One, I'm actually not good in camera. I'm very shy. <laughs> yes, I'm very like, like right now, right now, right? I, my nerves <laughs> right now are like uh, I'm not good in camera or doing the cold calling. So I said I need to um, be comfortable with myself and out in public. So I was like, what better way than to start like vlogging? And that's kind of like what I, why I wanted to do it to just actually get better at cold calling, get better in this business, and two to to document my journey to show people that look, I'm just a normal guy just like you. That if I could do it, you could do it. And to you know, and especially if you look at as far as where it came from, the background, it wasn't you know parents with money or if I had the one thing I had was drive. Okay, I was always driven since I was a kid. You know, and played sports, so I was always I love the competitiveness. Yeah. So I always a competitor, and I always had drive in me, and just to show that, look, it doesn't matter. You gotta be out there, put yourself out there. Don't care what people think, and just go with it. Go with the flow. Nice. So, are you also are you getting clients and leads from these blogs that you're doing? Yes. So surprisingly enough, a lot of people don't think that you know the online leads, but especially here in Miami. People want to buy home just because they're like, oh, this guy's Instagram famous or whatnot. Or <laughs> it just gets yourself at least your branding out there more. In the exactly. Of the so uh, I've gotten leads. I in the beginning I was posting the like some information about veterans, how I'm a veteran and helping veterans. And that might that actually got me a lot of veteran leads, and I've been getting a lot of leads from that. Um, being out there, putting yourself out there, it's the face, their face recognition. The more they see you. The more they trust you, the more that they'll go with you. Then, you know, especially Miami, how many realtors we're talking about? Like 50,000. How do you set yourself apart? And a lot of people are posting. You see a lot of agents just posting the, the typical buy, sell, rent or invest. Call me. Or just so. Or just so. <laughs> like, how can you be different? Like, yeah. for instance, how, do, do you follow Pepsi? Do you follow Coke? A lot of people don't follow these brands. Like, you have to be able to. To give something so people just don't want to follow a typical real estate agent to just show buy or sell they want to see your life they want to you know you have to show what you're about and to me it was that i want to show you my story and the reason i didn't do it with my personal instagram is because i don't want to like bother all my other friends so i was like oh whoever wants to like follow me on on the business side they could follow me and see me from there but that's kind of like why i kept it you know different from my i do have a personal instagram and a business because I get it. Like you don't want to have that constant post or being the same thing. I try to do it different. I think uh, like on my bio, I mentioned, I want to motivate people. I want to have like vlogs of just different things just throughout the day. And just, this is me. Nice, man. Yeah, no, definitely branding is extremely important because it's like you're saying, you know, people get to know you and then they remember you. And then in the future, maybe right now they don't want to buy anything. They want to buy something in, I don't know, 12 months or 24 months from now. But you're constantly there. They remember you. 
they see you, they know that you are active, you are providing value to everybody through your um, social media platforms, and then boom, they decide to contact you. And that's what it is about, it's branding. And it's why you mentioned Coca-Cola, it's why people buy Coca-Cola right now, it's why people buy Pepsi, it's why people buy BMWs, whatever, because it's a brand, you know? And it's also uh, like a way to protect Ourself, because when something happens, talking about more like market, then you know people know who you are. So as a brand, you're able to survive, especially as a realtor, because realtor it is a tough business. It's not easy. It's, it's hard. And, it's, and, and that what you, I'm trying to cut you off, but what you mentioned right there is the most important thing. And and I tell everyone is be able to provide value. Yes. Don't just go and show the home because anyone could do that. You have to be able to provide value in anything you do. If it's a, when you're doing the CMA, your listing appointment, if you don't show value, then why are they going to go with you? So instead of doing the typical, okay, I like I advertise on Zillow and then you know you get the leads and I go to show the home, what what value do I offer them? Just showing the home? No, I'm talking about the community itself. What's around there? What else can I do? Where a typical agent would just, might just go show the home. So I always tell everyone, like, don't just do the basic. Don't do the, the norm. Go above and beyond. So that's the most important. And the second thing where you mentioned is the marketing. If Pepsi, if Coke, if BMW, all these companies are still out there in front of your face marketing every single day when they already have a name. Why do they do it? Because it's the constant face. So they know who you are constantly in people's face. You have to do yeah. that. You cannot just, you just, you cannot get into this business and not brand yourself, not market yourself because you're not going to succeed. It's 15,000 realtors. Oh, it's a ton of realtors out there. Yeah. Too many realtors. <laughs> yeah. So people say, okay, I tell people, you got to be different. They're like, oh, how can I be different? I tell them it's easy. Just be yourself. Exactly. And no, and that, that's clearly why you, you are ha- you're being successful, and especially, as you, you know, last year was your rookie year. I believe yeah. you did great. And, you know, and you're being humble, you're being honest, you're telling people, hey, this is my, um, I'm a new realtor. You know, a, a lot of people out there don't do those things. And, and people can see through that. And I, I, I bet all your clients are loving you because not everybody does what you're doing. And that's pretty amazing. I also saw another video that cracked me up, but I actually saw it this morning because you did a video about you calling a listing agent that doesn't answer the phone. Yet. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing because that's our daily life. We call and, and customers, they, it's hard for them to believe this. You know, when they send you a house, because nowadays people... You know, you can send them homes, but with the internet, people have access to Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, you name it. There are a lot of ton of platforms there that are fit by what we post on the MLS. What happened is that the clients, they send me a text message. Hey, I saw this house. Uh, this, this is the address, blah, blah, blah. I love it. I drove by it or whatever. And then the house either is not listed for sale or the realtor is just impossible to get a hold. And I saw your video and it was super funny because, yeah, that's what we go through every day and people don't believe it, but it is true. They just don't answer the phone. And we are here to provide service to the people that we're helping find the the home. And then I I just don't get it why they just can't answer the phone, you know? 
And that's one of the things I base my business on being always available for my clients. And I, I feel like when you do that, you're already like, you know, taking a lot of uh, steps behind, um, in front of everybody else because they're not doing that. But yeah, that was a pretty great video, man. Pretty, I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, no, I had a great time doing that video. I, I think we could all, or I've all been there where we've called some of these listing agents or agents and they just don't pick up the phone. And it's, and it's just mind boggling that people don't pick up their phone. Um, they say real estate is a sales business, but to me it's a service business. The yeah. house itself is going to sell itself. I could take, if a client wants to see a property, I could take them to that property and not say anything. And they'll go back to me and say, I want to buy it. So to me, it's about what you're going to do from the beginning of the transaction to the end. So the end of the day to me is a service business. And oh, my Mac is about to die real quick. I apologize, I totally forgot, I didn't have it. Sorry about that. Um, but okay. me, the way I see is it's a service business. And, and that's where I think a lot of people lacking where, yes, it involves sales and how to sell it, but that's when you care, um, you know, when you just care about the money. And that's what we have a fortunate lot here in, in Miami. No, of course, service a service business and a people business for sure, man. There's no doubt about that. You know, you, you make relationships with these persons. Um, either you had a relationship before or you end up with a relationship after that because, you know, you help them through this process, which is extremely important, you know, and especially for them. And then after that, they are super grateful and, and, and they, they love you for what you did for them. You know, so, it, you know, it, it goes beyond just finding a home, showing a home and selling the home. It, it goes beyond that. Right. And like you mentioned at the beginning, you also have to be very patient, extremely patient. And there is a lot of things that are going to happen. There is always going to be obstacles with the transaction. I, I still haven't got a very clean transaction. Yet. I don't know if you have, but, no. you know, let's talk about that. Like name one, um, one struggle that you had last year that you probably overcome or probably didn't go well. Yeah. Let's talk what one experience that you had last year. So as far as struggles, um, to me, what I see, like, you know, just the struggles in the business is when you see clients that, you know, they, um, they're looking for a home and they, they're talking to you and at the end of the day, the first step is to actually get qualified, you know, pre-qualified in the beginning, I was showing homes around without, um, <laughs> Clients being pre-qualified, and you know you learn from that. But um, you see these um, clients of yours; they don't get qualified, and it's just heartbreaking. So that's like as far as the struggle, like to see somebody to go through that, it's really heartbreaking. But the great thing is, that at least you can start helping them if it's fixing their credit or whatnot. But the struggle is that in the beginning, it's just you know you're taking you don't want to crush anyone's dreams. So that's one like the the struggles I see. Now, throughout like the um, contract side, you know, you struggle with people either picking up the phones, um, agents just not being responsive. Any crazy transactions that you had? I'm sorry? Any crazy transaction that you had last year? Crazy transactions. Yeah, you know, there's always, like what you mentioned, none of them are the same, which I love. This is what yeah. I... I I tend to get bored of things easily, and that's one thing 
I love about the real estate business. Everything's always different. Every transaction is not the same. You learn from your experience from each, each deal, but they're not the same. Um, the struggles. Um, oof, you see, I mean, I, I know you, it's one of those in your, in your mind, but I just can't think of right now. But I've, I've gone through a couple of them. Yeah, well, you you you'll probably have them pretty soon. Maybe you yeah. you're lucky you're lucky enough to not have any craziness at the crazy level yet. So but you know, I, I, I can I, have one. I'm sorry. Um, like we had one where we were under contract. It was a condo. Of course, I didn't, and it was my first condo. I didn't know about um, like for the most part, the condos are twenty or twenty five percent down if not like the five percent my client only wanted to put five percent or she only had enough to put five percent down i didn't know the difference between fha and, and conventional this was early on so i got to know the difference and how you can't really buy a condo with fha there's only a certain amount of proof and we did go under contract she was conventional under uh this property five percent down but i didn't know about reserves you know so this this condos didn't have reserves so For a whole month, um, we were on the contract. She's all excited. She's going to get to the place. When we got back to the lender, like, oh, this condo does not have any reserves. She's going to have to put more than 5% down. And she was just crushed. And I didn't know. And, you know, I got this long message about, the, you know, different things there. But I was able to at least guide it and tell, look, it's going to be okay. And then within a month or so, we found another property and moved on. So there's different things like that. I just try to take like the bad things and put it away. But yeah, you go through a lot of different things um, within real estate. Oh yeah, man, I know. I, I have owners that change their mind and representing the buyer and then the seller is what wakes up and he's like, oh, I decided I don't want to sell this property anymore. So I just changed my mind, you know? And then all of a sudden we get into this mess because yeah. the old this guy now doesn't want to sell. And that's what we have to deal with every day as realtors, you know? And, yeah. and then you have to go to the client and be like, listen, the seller just changed his mind. Um, now there are certain things that we can do, you know, Uh, we can fight it and try to get it close. You know, at the end, the, like that transaction, we close, you know, but it's, you know, going through that yeah. process and letting the client know what's happening and then they get super frustrated. Yeah, it's, it's it, you, you got to be patient. <laughs> yeah, no, there is, there is. Luckily, yeah. I haven't ran into that scenario. Um, it was kind of like the opposite where we were under contract. I was representing the seller and the buyer needed to sell their home. And everything was set in stone. And then the buyer's, the buyer's buyer couldn't buy their property anymore. So we had to wait and it was just a, a struggle process through there. So I can definitely, definitely understand. Yeah. So, okay. Now um, you, you talk at the beginning that you're a driving, a very driving person. Um, What what's, what drives you? What makes you get up every day, you know, and and get to work, which you obviously enjoy. Probably for you is no work, and go out there every day and help people find their houses, and then also go and take care of your other business, barber shop, whenever. Because you obviously, even though you're not present there, maybe every day, but you still you still the owner. You still. Um, you still have to be involved. So, what's your drive every day? To me, is my drive every day is knowing where I came from and knowing where I want to get to go or where I, I want to be at. 
And what drives me every single day is that I want to get to a certain point in my life. I want to leave a legacy, mainly leave a legacy behind. So I wake up every day, I have my, my goals, and I ask myself, did I do enough today to, to reach my goals? Really, I'm more self-driven. There's something, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. At some point, I want to get married. I want to have kids, but I want to set the example for my kids that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you have, that you can make it, that we are here in America, a land of opportunities. Uh, you know, fortunately, oh, know. Our, our parents, you know, came here and brought us here where, you know, in a lot of countries, you don't have these opportunities. So you see every day where people just don't do really anything with their life. And to me, it's just like you live here. And there's a lot of people that wish they could have the opportunity of being opportunity. So to me, it's just self-driven, and, and and to me, that's that's what I want to be. I want to leave a legacy behind, and and know that um, you can do something out of it. That's the most important thing. Awesome, brother. I love it. Um, so yeah, we're getting close to the end. Okay. So any last thought that you want to throw out there to anybody who is going to be watching this video after um, today? Um. Uh, no, for the most part, uh, this is, like I said, my first um, time doing or like a podcast. So hopefully I'll be good at it. <laughs> um, I do want to tell people that um, if you're not good at something, it's okay. Just do it more and you will eventually get better. This is why I'm here today because I know I'm not good on camera. I just want to get better and just do it. And second is to... Uh, don't listen to the outside noise. Don't care about what people think. Like, go out there, do it. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, just go ahead and do it because the only person that can stop you is yourself. That's totally right, man. Totally right. Well said. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Jose, thank you for having me, and I'm glad. Let me know anytime.